0: Hi. You've made it. You've actually come to the very first podcast upload of Honest J interviews. I am so happy that you're here and that you have chosen to be the part of the very beginning of this. And I am truly excited to be sharing this topic with you today, not just because it is the very first episode, but it is also because I am here with a special guest which I am privileged to have this conversation with. And I do not say things to exaggerate, but this, despite being the first, is probably one of the most intriguing and beneficial conversations that I've had so far. And also we did this because we know that the need of this is so great out there. It is our prayer that you will be impacted through this interview. So please, Make sure you prayerfully enjoy this conversation and may we hear the Lord call us deeper into himself. Thanks again for being with us here today and let's get started. This is so awkward. I don't know how I'm about to start this. (laughs) Okay, so what's up guys? Welcome to Honest J Interview. And this time, this is actually, I'm quite nervous right now and I'm excited at the same time. It's gonna be my first interview. And my special guest here today is Andy Sieberhagen. So Andy Sieberhagen, just a bit of introduction of this man, he studied to be a minister and he was ordained as a pastor His mission experience and journey goes far back as 1999 when he left for Uzbekistan and led a church planning team for five years there Then he was a field leader for Central Asia North for four years, served as a mission pastor for four years in the United States and he was a director of Africa for Christ for three years and is now currently serving the Heritage Christian Church in Ohio as a lead pastor. And we are here today to talk about Journey to Fullness, which I guess I could personally describe as a personal spiritual healing course that he has developed based on the mission experiences and working with people from different cultures. He is a father of two daughters. Favorite team is a Springbok rugby team still representing South Africa. Yeah, still, yeah, his favorite food is steak. Now, Andy, I think the most important question here out of the whole interview actually is the steak. How do you like oh, yes. your steak? Uh,
1: it's got to be medium to well.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Medi- I thought you were going to go medium to rare, and then I was just going to be really...
1: But I don't
0: like Kuwait Vlad, so I'd rather go medium too well. Oh, no. Okay. Andy, I'm sorry. I think we're going to have to end off our interview here today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. There's I'll- no flat
2: last
0: year, brother. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Andy, welcome. Welcome to um, welcome to this uh, interview uh, and hopefully also podcast, hopefully to many more to the very f- start off, to the, to the beginning of this. So um, yeah. I met you during MDT, the Mission Discipleship Training in South Africa and that was that was a, a great experience for me and it was in the first month of uh, a course called Inside Out that we were doing um, where I had met you and uh, I think probably the, the moment I saw you, I don't know how you would have like the first impression of me but I had like a cloud of gloom and doom over my head you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah
1: <dear. laughs>
0: yeah i was i was i was a very uh sad and depressed man and um and you know it was a whole part of journey in in god's uh sovereignty with my life unfolding out into his calling but um the your uh, course of journey to fullness and the whole month of inside out it was it counted as a big part a big deal in that process From the time when you were sharing with me this course, it was very intriguing and practical. At the same time, I have just never heard like an explanation uh, given out through the scriptures in that way and in that sense. So I would have totally loved to recommend it to people, you know, because I think just afterwards with that as well, I think coming to uh, encounter and uh, journey with different people from various uh, walks of life. I think so many of us have have no knowledge of of such thing you know I think it is something that is very crucial very precious and something obviously that you agree with that you have the passion and the heart for so yeah can you tell us a little bit about the journey to fullness as as a course and what what that is and and how it applies Yes, yeah, so um you know you
1: you, you read a bit about my experience of, of growing up in the church, being trained as a pastor and then going to the mission field. And I think what troubled me when we were out there is, yeah, we were these these missionaries who've gone to the ends of the earth to, to, to share the gospel. And yet we're discovering uh, we ourselves are still so broken and, and struggling mm-hmm. with issues deep within our hearts. And that was troubling to me, you know, that yeah, we are, we're bringing this this gospel to people who've never heard it, and yet there's parts of us that have still not been restored. There's still struggles we're having. And that's what took uh, me on a journey to figure out there's got to be a missing piece to discipleship, to my own formation. And that got me on a journey of experiencing a, a deeper, let's call it healing with the Lord, and then trying to figure out what are some real practical tools that we could use to help believers to to walk in fullness with God as He intended to have it, and really make it as a normal part of discipleship. Hmm. You know, where I don't have to go for some deep counseling experience, but right,
2: then it's right.
0: something
1: we can do and all, all experience.
0: Right, right. No, I think that's exactly right. I think um, what you have also... Um, you know, reflecting onto the, the practical exercises that we did and stuff like it looks like that is something that is very exclusive to like a spiritual counselor or that you have to meet somebody special or something like that, you know. But um,
2: yeah,
0: um, and also because like when we were talking about, you know, the different topics and the different points that we can talk about and discuss about, you said you wanted to talk about the, the absence of this healing journey in the discipleship process. Right. right? So like. It, yeah, you, and the, need, mm. the needs are just so great out
1: there. You know, the, there's just such great
2: need mm.
1: to say, "Well, hey, just go and see a counselor." It's not possible. And there
2: right, right. The are
1: parts of the world where they, there's just that's just not available or even possible. But we, as individual followers, we're equipped. We we can we can take people on this journey
2: mm. as
1: we experience it ourselves.
2: Right. Right.
0: So would you say then like a, a typical discipleship course or whatever, you know, like a typical thing that we see kind of like misses out like on the, the self-reflection aspect or is it, is, is it just like all mostly about equipping people or just like with tools and knowledges to go outward but not really inside inward?
1: Yeah, I, I think often it's, okay, you come to faith, you, you choose to follow Jesus, and now I'm teaching you, well, now you need to learn how to read your Bible, how to pray, how to, how to be part of a Jesus community, how to share your faith. There are these key things we try and learn, or call them spiritual disciplines, or all good. But there's a whole of my life that I've experienced up until that point. Uh, where so much has happened to me and in me and the the things that I believe about myself and about God and others that, that need to be checked, that need to be made sure that, that all those beliefs and experiences uh, are true, that they, they are true about who I am, who God is. So in discipleship, we don't do the work of all my life before. We
2: tend to just focus on the future. Mm, when mm, really mm. there's
1: a whole lot of past things that Jesus wants to uh, restore uh, right. that will help me as I move
2: forward. Right, right, right. It's like
0: something of the past has to be dealt with in order for you know the the step, the force that to be also be kind of set right in a sense. You know, I mean it's it's a whole it's it's an idea of repentance, like in a in a big umbrella term that is kind of tied in with that as well. And um,
2: yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, that Romans 12, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your
2: mind. Mm. The part
1: of discipleship is there's a whole old way of thinking.
2: Mm, mm. When
1: you get saved, you don't suddenly have a whole new way. You've got to change the way you're thinking from the past. Right. And think different. Right. That's repentant.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, every time you share your experiences with people, um, in your counseling with people, that is like the most unique thing that I've ever heard, you know, it, it just continues to be, it's so intriguing. So how, how about you share like a couple of um, stories, like if, if it's okay, like to kind of start off with and just give an idea of like how it works. Because what, what, was, what was really intriguing to me is like you just sitting down with people and your team, like just sitting down with people and just saying, okay, you don't focus really necessarily on the problem. And try to work it out yourself, but you just say, Let's just see what Jesus says about it, you know?
2: Right.
1: right.
0: Yes, yes. So and and I think yeah, you know, just to, we could probably just mention
1: it here that so often we as the church tend to focus more on the sin, right? The behavior mm-hmm. rather than what we actually gotta do is what's causing me to sin. Mm. That's what I've got to deal with.
2: Right, right. So
1: yeah, I'll give you one example of um, a lady we we worked with. She was a wonderful missionary working in a Muslim country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she had a real problem with uh, people getting close to her. She had some real relational issues. Mm. She kind of put, put up walls and keep people from getting close to her. She, she felt like she had to stay single all her life because no one would ever want to be married to her You know, she had these, these beliefs, you know
0: Wait, so she she, so, she thought, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, she thought she would stay single for life Not because God was calling her to, but because nobody, she thought nobody would want her Or did she not really even yeah, recognize that?
1: No, no, no man would ever want to be with her
2: you know? oh, She, wow.
1: she too, too messed up and, and not worthy of, of being loved, you know so so we just sat with her and uh, we said, you know, do you mind if, if, if we ask the Lord about that? But, but before we got there, she mentioned that um, her mother, when she was pregnant with her, it was a high-risk pregnancy,
2: mm. and
1: that the doctor recommended that she abort her. Wow. Uh, otherwise, the mother might die giving birth.
2: Hmm. So her husband and her son said to her, "We don't want to lose you, so we'd rather
1: you abort." Mm. And, and, and she's uh, her mom said, "No, I can't. You know, God has put this child in me, and I I need to be faithful to to God." And she went through with the the birth.
2: Wow. Okay. And she
1: died. The mother died.
2: Wow. Um. So this girl's mother died
1: giving birth to her. So what do you think, her? Her father and her brother said to her in those early years of her life, you know, you, 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 you were a mistake. You should never have been born. It's because you are here that, that we don't have a wife and a mother. These were the, the
2: wow. things said
1: to her. So this little girl grows up thinking she's a mistake. She should never have been and by the age of 12, she's actually on the
0: streets, you know, um, as, as, a, as a prostitute, basically, mm.
1: trying to find love. Mm. She finds Jesus, Jesus at the age of 16, uh, and then she ends up being in this Muslim country as a missionary, like, 15 years
2: later, mm. and then we meet her. You know? Right, right. So, so she's carrying all those beliefs, I was a
1: mistake, I should never have been, all of that spilled deeply, you know, she knows Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm. But those
1: lies are still holding her captive. So we said to her, Would she mind if we ask Jesus if, if, if that's true? Mm. Are all, all those things true about her? So, so we pray. She closes her eyes and we say, Jesus, you know, can you just let her know? Is, is that all true? She was a mistake. She should never have been. Mm. And then we wait. We wait to see what happens. And the next thing, she just starts crying. Like uncontrollably.
2: Wow. And we don't know what's
1: going on. Yeah, you know, most of the time we're not sure what's going on. <laughs>
2: right. So we're like, oh yeah, okay. She said yes. She said, I've got this picture
1: of of a hospital room and I can see my mother lying on, on a bed. Mm. And she's just given birth to me. And Jesus Jesus has walked up to my mother and he's holding her hand and He's looking at her in her eyes saying um, well done you, you we had a deal and you kept it well done my faithful servant, you know and uh, She's like weeping as she sings, and she opens her eyes and she says to us I wasn't a mistake Jesus had a deal with my mom and, and I'm meant to be here mm. You know, and it was like this instant
2: thing you know mm. and, then, and then we said well can we just test this no no actually you are a mistake you
1: caused your mothers to be really <laughs> <after her. laughs> and she said she said none of that's true none of it's true Wow. she said I know I was meant to be a Jesus had a deal with my mom and I was no mistake and it was like the truth set you free you know now I could have I could have told her that, right?
2: Mm, I could have said, that, right.
1: oh, you've a mistake. Right, right. She wouldn't have believed it. But when when, when the truth himself tells you, <laughs> you can't argue. You know, it's like, it's the truth.
2: Right, right. So then, then we said to her, hey, but you also said no man would want to
1: marry you. She said, no, can we also try and deal with that one? <laughs> I said, yeah, great. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> So he said, Jesus, is that true, that no man would want to marry her? Yeah. Well, the next thing she just starts, whoa, going on, I said, what's going on? She said, Jesus is standing there, you know, and he's got his arms open, he wants to hug me. But behind him, there are like 50 guys, and they all just want to give me a hug.
2: Whoa. <laughs> wow. It's just
1: a, pic- a picture, you know? Right. And again, she just opened her eyes and she said, I guess there is a guy out there for me, you know.
0: That's incredible. And,
1: uh, yeah, and, and there was such peace and uh, such transformation in the moment mm. that uh, it was beautiful, you know. And, and all we did was
2: try to take her to a place where she could hear from him. Mm. You know? mm.
1: So that that's one example,
2: you know. That's, wow, that...
0: You know, I've actually heard this story before, but every time I hear it, it's just like another mind-blowing, you know, um, yeah. story. Because it's that's it's so beautiful. Like it's so beautiful, right? I mean, it's and 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 the most intriguing thing about it, the because I've contacted you again because you know, as I reflect back onto this kind of stories, looking into this stuff, it was it was it was coming to me as a wonder that. Uh, when Jesus said, truth shall set you free, we'll be talking more about that as well. It's like when Jesus himself claimed himself to be truth, it's like you don't need other people to try explain that truth. But you just got to bring that truth, like Jesus himself, into that situation. And then, like, no more consolidation ever needed. No more explanation needed. It's just nothing.
2: He,
1: it's it it's and, and that's the difference between theoretical truth and experiential truth.
2: Right, you know, right.
1: When when I'm living a, a lie experientially, I need the truth to come to me experientially.
2: Mm, mm.
1: You know, so you you can't take a theoretical truth and apply it to a, a, a an experience that has been a lied experience. It it won't work
2: mm, you know? mm, mm. Um, Right. So I
1: could have said to her, "No," but of course she left. But she will say, "No," but my experience,
2: feels yeah, yeah, me different. Yeah, yeah.
0: But when Jesus
1: comes and He shows you, well, then it, it's it's just takes care of that. It.
0: It's a, it's a game over. It's KO. Yeah. Wow.
1: And the secret the secret is for you and I and, and us as believers to learn how to go to Jesus ourselves. You know how. When I'm feeling a deception or I've got a wound or struggle mm. learning how I, I can actually go in because he knows how I, I need to hear the truth we all get it in different ways right she right. needed it she needed it in that way mm. Uh, mm. but you you will get it in another way in a way that that works for you and your unique person
2: right
0: right right there's a, a secret place for everybody right sort of
2: Ex- exactly mm. yes
0: mm. yeah yeah you know, um, yeah we we we, lo- we learn a lot of stuff through like theoretically, academically and through institutions, and you know these things are good, these things are great. Um, but then um, I think I also have seen people who are well-meaned people who wants to serve the Lord, who wants to serve Jesus, who wants to make use of their lives for the Lord. and having to meet these kinds of people, you know there's still there's still that burden and that baggage. That people either don't really talk that much about, or do not even recognize. They don't. We don't realize. We don't know that there is an issue and there is a problem unless, like, there, yes. it is addressed. You know, you gotta see go see a doctor to talk for the doctor to tell you that. Oh, you actually have a cancer for you to actually know you have a cancer or yes. whatnot, right? Exactly. And yes. um and it's not that like, and it's not like we are actively going and pursuing out to seek these things either. Like like what you said, our place of seeing this truth, our secret place of um, encountering our pain and, and, and recognizing our pain and fears and stuff. We don't actively go pursue seeking them out in some ways, it seems like, um, because maybe we have this mindset of, well, this whole personal healing and journey thing, it's not... Necessary for you to work for God's kingdom or it's it's an optional thing and maybe it is perhaps a narcissistic thing you know that uh, that yeah. you, you're trying to look out for yourself sort of a deal and what do you think on that yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I think, you know, that self-awareness is so important, isn't it? I mean, mm. uh, understanding myself and my own um, weaknesses and flaws and struggles, like if I don't think I need changing, mm. I, I, I won't ever, ever try and get, get a, a pl- to a place where I can experience change. Uh, but, but the incredible part of this whole thing is
2: Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right, right But the only, the only way to do that is to
1: be totally secure in who I am mm. and totally secure in believing how God sees me. So when when I truly believe that God looks upon me with absolute love and acceptance mm, mm. and he, th- he thinks I'm of great worth and value and importance and I've got purpose in my life. When I truly believe that that is true of me, mm. then I don't, I don't need you, I don't need anyone else to come and tell me, hey, you are important, you do have value, you are loved. I, I don't need you to tell me because I know it's true.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: And, and And because I know it's true, that turns me into a servant because now I don't even have to think about myself anymore right uh, he's got me he thinks well of me and that's enough i believe it's true so now i'm going to spend my life going after others and loving them well and 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 pouring my life into them because i'm full mm. i'm full of him and i'm full of what he thinks of me and so that's where i can truly embrace humility
2: i can truly become a servant right and 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 you know, that's exactly what Jesus did, you know, before
1: he did that wonderful act of servitude uh, Before he wrapped the towel around his waist mm. this, uh, the, the verse just before says he knew who he was Right. He knew where, come, where he was going and so he wrapped the towel around Right, Jesus was right. completely secure in his identity in God that he was able to be the ultimate servant. So it's almost the very opposite of narcissism. I, I would say a narcissist is someone who has absolutely no clue how much they are loved by God.
2: Mm, mm, wow.
1: they, they don't know that they've never experienced it or known it. So now
2: they have to take it on themselves. Mm. Self-love. Right, you know, right, right. I've got to prove, prove, that I'm
1: worthy of love. Prove that, and, and but when I know it's true and God loves me. That sets me free to to of self. I'm free from self.
2: Right,
0: right, right. Wow. You know, looking back onto my own, my personal experience in NDT as well, it was it, precisely that. It was that um, not being able to accept myself and love myself as God has loved me. And that was the part. And it was actually got to do with, like, self-unforgiveness, right? I, I did not let yes. go of myself. Yes, and yes. And also, like, like the con- similar to the previous story as well, because I didn't believe that I was worthy of this love, and um, and, I, and I and I was just taking that on myself, right? And so, and like theoretically, I'm hearing and I'm learning that God is love, Father God, Father Heart of God, yeah, yeah, He's love, He blah blah blah, all that stuff, right? And <laughs> and the thing is, I'm hearing that I'm sitting out, and I'm sitting outside, and I'm and I'm praying, God, like, God, apparently this is apparently so but why do I still feel like dying you know
2: yes 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 and
1: and it's amazing how easily I can say it for you you
2: know I can say Jay of course he loves you right I believe it right but then when I get into bed at night and it's just me
1: or I'm looking in the mirror I'm saying no but he doesn't love me the way he loves you Mm. because because of abcde you know mm. and mm. that's the part that's got to be be dealt with you know mm. Uh, mm. because it is true it's totally true mm. Mm. and legalism doesn't help does it because we we almost think we've got to earn our way you know i've got to earn god's love because that's the way worldly love works
2: mm. Mm. so if, if
1: if i've sinned or if i've done things wrong or i haven't done enough of this or that well I'm not worthy of this incredible love God has for me.
2: Mm, right. And so
1: it affects my, my ability to believe that He loves me unconditionally. It's not based on my behavior or performance.
2: Mm, mm, mm.
1: You know, I, I, I'm His son. I'm His son and He loves me. You know? And when I do something wrong, he's just saying, I don't like you doing that mm. because it's not good for you. Come back to me. There's something about my love
2: you haven't experienced. Right.
1: That's making you do that you know, mm. and it 's that prodigal picture of the prodigal son mm. coming home. the father didn 't want to hear anything about what he'd done. he was just delighted that he 'd come
0: home you
2: know? right right, yeah, wow, and I want
0: to take this deck and back into you know the story of the this fundamental Place uh, A curse sort of deal You know that we have Kind of placed in You know Having to compare ourselves Having to judge ourselves According to knowledge That has been given to us That goes all the way Up from Adam and Eve Eating from the tree of knowledge Of good and evil And um, And and that kind of like The, the profoundness of uh, The self-awareness That the fruit has caused And how that applies yeah. to Just our state and where we are and how basically the gospel is like the antithesis of of that of that deal, right? So that's why self-awareness is important, right?
1: Yeah, and, and you know the, the sad thing that was birthed in the garden was was shame, you know, that it mm. was the birth place of shame. Shame was not in existence when God created Adam and Eve. It, it was straight off to that sin they mm. saw they were naked they were ashamed and try to cover themselves. Right, and, right. And shame also keeps me from self-awareness too. You know, I, I just block things off, I hide things
2: away. So, and shame says, no, you don't want to go there. Right, and it right. Often, it often keeps me from experiencing freedom
1: because it's locking the door saying, no, you can't go there,
0: it's too shameful. Because hmm. you, you have to go there, right? You have to go to the place of, of pain you have to go to the place of shame in order for you to meet God there, sort of deal, right?
1: Yes, yes, and and, and that's often the, that's the hardest thing to do. Is uh, it was too shameful. I can't go there. Mm. Either what I did or what was done done uh, uh, to me. And and sometimes what we have to do is 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 ask is actually say, can we ask Jesus if it's okay for you to go there?
2: Mm, mm. Let, him, let him tell you if it's okay right, and, right 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 because sometimes we, it's so so big and hard that
1: we, we're just saying okay let, let's just ask him
2: mm. you know
1: is it okay and, and they need to get something from him mm. that allows them to go there but, but shame is just a big smoke screen you know it, it, it's, it's a total smoke screen created by, by the enemy because we know that Jesus took all our guilt and shame So when he looks at me, he doesn't see shame, and 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 remember that's exactly what God said to Adam and Eve. Hmm. You know who told who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you.
2: Right, right.
1: I'm not feeling shame for you. So, Uh so where's this come from?
2: Shame, shame does not exist in the presence of God, Uh and so that that's that's
1: totally an invention of the enemy to keep us in prison. And shame, shame is like the secondary lie that, that, that keeps the actual lie protected. Mm. It's like, Jay, if you tell Andy that, he's going to think this about you. Mm. So it's like this guardian lie of the main lie.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you're not going to tell me because...
0: You are afraid of what I might think of you if you tell me, Mm, and that's mm, what
1: shame does. Right, shame keeps me from bringing it out.
0: It's it's terrifying. It is a terrifying thing for you to, to to actually go to God with this. You know, in order, it's kind of like it's it's a picture. The picture that I see is kind of like us continuing to try hard to hide ourselves with all sorts of clothing around us right whether you call it christian clothing or ministry clothing or even mission clothing or whatever you call it right, right. Um, and you're yeah. and then you're fully covered before god right but then god is saying yeah. no come back to where it was in the garden of eden when everything was chill yes. and fine when everything when when we were all naked right um yeah. so we <laughs> and to, to, to strip ourselves off all of, all, of all these uh, covers and these masks and these facades and all these things, um, it's it's a terrifying thing because you are actually having to face your greatest fear um, for God, the judgmental father, you know, the, the fear of being, yes. having to having to be judged for that, you know? Yes. So,
1: so if we go back to what got us here, you were saying... Uh, What if I don't think I need changing? Or, you know, what if I don't
2: think there's anything wrong? Right. Shame is an incredible
1: gift in that sense, that if I do carry any shame, it's like a a, a red light saying, there is something. Right. Because Because if nothing was wrong, you would have nothing to hide. Shame would have no place in your life. Hmm. So if, if I feel any shame, that's that's a great signal telling me
2: there is something mm. that mm. is not yet restored, that has not been
1: uh, healed and giving me freedom. And so I need to allow that shame to take me. Where is this coming from? Why do I feel such shame? Mm. And then you go back and you start to uncover a lie, and then you can get healing. Because the moment you find the lie, mm then the, tr- the truth can come and set you free. So any shame that I have in my life is actually telling me there is something that's not resolved in my life. Mm. Because if I was free, if I was free, would I have any shame?
2: Right, right, right. You
1: know, I, I, I don't need to, f- there's no shame needed in my life but I don't, because I'm free.
0: <laughs> right. So then like, what does it mean to walk without shame, to, to, to live in the truth? That's, yeah. like, that's why you also call this a journey to fullness, right?
1: Yeah, and it's all based on, on Ephesians chapter 3. I think it's verse 18 to 20 where Paul prays this prayer. Uh-huh. You know, uh, over, over
2: the Ephesians, and he, he, he says, um, I pray that you will, will know.
1: Your eyes will be open to understand the height, the length, the depth, hmm. the width of, of God's love for you.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that you may, so that you may be full to all the fullness of God. Mm. He actually says, "Full to all the fullness." I can't get any more full than that. Right, right. And all he says that the key to experiencing the fullness is the day that I understand and believe at a heart level how deeply I'm loved by God. Mm. When I truly believe and understand that, He says that is the day when you will experience the full measure of God in your life.
2: Mm. Mm. Uh.
1: But the problem, the problem is, there's all sorts of things that have happened in our lives that have prevented us from believing that to be true.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. You know, God can't love me like that because of A, B, C, D, and the journey to fullness is uncovering what are those things.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: because they are all lie based and, and then we need to identify what those lies are and then replace that with truth mm. which is with uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind
2: mm. Mm. then I will, right.
1: then I'm able to live in fullness you know?
2: mm.
0: and that fullness um this is my this is my uh, uh guess but i i am relating this fullness to the capacity as well and the power of God the capacity and the power of God that can that that he can use and manifest through the person you know because i mean Jesus yes. being the person who was 100% secure in alignment with the holy spirit knowing his place being totally yes. incredibly loved by God and and that was what enabled Jesus to do all these great things yes yes right. Yes, and
1: and to give, you know, then we also then give glory. It comes from a place of humility because I then realize this has got nothing to do with me. Mm, It's His his power at work through me, and so even when I look at some evangelists or these TV preachers or guys where they've got these huge egos and personalities, I'm looking at them and saying, "Bro, you need healing." <laughs> because it's all about you and you needing people to lift you up and to look at you and say how great you are. Mm,
2: mm. That that means you don't
1: know how great he thinks you are, so mm,
2: you need mm, to be that, you know. Mm, mm. But
1: when I find someone who's who's able to do great things and have power of God and they, they, they clothe in humility that's when
2: I know those very people are have experienced the fullness of God. Mm, right.
1: Because, you know, God gives us gifts um, and he, he gives me gifts. I may not be in a good place, but he'll still use me in my gifting because the gift wasn't given for my sake.
2: Mm, right. So the gift was
1: right. given for the sake of the body. So he'll still use my gift mm. because it was never meant for me,
2: mm. you know. And, and so I
1: cannot be walking in fullness with God and yet still operating in a gift because the gifts weren't given for me.
0: Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and if, it's actually, if it's actually more self-centered use of the gift, it, it's, that's how it becomes distorted. And that's how it becomes exactly right exactly. that's how you get like it these start, false start teachers so good
1: and healthy but then it moves into an unhealthy
0: right 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 that that was also a very interesting thing to me you know when i read the scripture i think it was in romans where it said like the the, the callings and the anointing no not anointing but calling and something else basically wasn't yeah, like it's not irrevocable, yeah. irrevocable yeah. yes so yeah. and that that's very interesting you know it is actually what the fear of the Lord is, you know, compared to the fear of man. When you were just talking about, you know, how these people, um, secular Christian, no matter, you know, it doesn't matter what title you have, you know, you needing to have this approval, you needing to have these uh, uh, approval from people, right? For people to lift you up, as you as you talked about, like some of the evangelists that might be out there, and so, and um, and that's and and that's the fear of men you know having to fear what people think about you right and and that it's like a scale of like the less fear of men you have the the more fear of god you will eventually have right and the fear of god is, is not necessarily only about just having to really tremble before in his word uh before the lion it is true but like the fear of the lord really is about looking at things from his perspective Considering his perspective and being aligned to his perspective, right? Even
1: yes, and and I you know fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: To fear God is to hate what
2: is evil. Hmm.
1: So you know the moment that changes fear of man, fear of suddenly I do see things from his perspective, hmm. and I, I I begin to hate the things that are not of him. That's a a natural outflow of fearing
2: God. Right. I then am filled. I'm filled with truth, which is wisdom. You know,
1: I'm filled with knowledge that I've applied to my life, and and now I'm able to see the world in, in its right place.
2: Mm, mm. Um, so
1: yeah, the fear to me, the fear of God is it can only take me down that that journey of truth where I begin to live in truth out of fear for Him.
2: Wow. Oh.
1: You know, part, part of, um, in the journey we talk about these two circles, you know, God lives in truth, and uh-huh. we have His reality and my reality, uh-huh. you know, and the degree to which those two are together is the degree to which I'm able to live in truth and freedom.
2: Right, But right. The, the,
1: the problem is we have all had experiences in life that have been outside of His truth. Hmm. Mm. And and make us question. So, for example, if if I, my wife's going away on a trip, and we pray for her safety, and that God will protect her and watch over her, she goes and has an accident.
2: Mm, mm.
1: Now, now, what what is possible that can be birthed in me? It's
2: well, I was God to protect her. He said He is our protector, mm. and yet
1: she had an accident. So that that event then creates in me a doubt about god's character mm. can i trust god you know is god faithful because he, does he protect i start to have doubts
0: mm-hmm. and when you ask we on go the go surface and when you ask yeah, on the surface yeah like yeah, i go to church and i'll sing great
2: is that faithfulness right 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 but in my heart
1: i'm saying but my experience is he wasn't faithful mm. So that event has birthed a lie, and so often in crises or uh, a tragedy, that is where the enemy is waiting to put a lie in me,
2: Mm, mm. and
1: then he can use the lie. So that's the work I need to do is saying, Well, I need to revisit
2: that moment, Mm. and actually say, Jesus, at that time, it made me question whether you are faithful,
1: right? I I want you. And then
0: I ask him about it, and and, and then I, I need to wait for truth so he can resolve that. Hmm. Wow. So Andy, I wanna I wanna be talking more with you about like the practical side of things, and just you mentioned about the tour circles and stuff like that, and um and and we also wanna discuss and unpack more about like if as a person who wants to go through this personal healing and this journey, who wants to walk the road and the journey to fullness, like what are the practical yeah. things that you can help them with? And we have already discussed yes. and ba- touched base a lot of the concepts here, uh, but we, we can maybe try to focus more on you know the things that we can do in our place, in our house, and to get real with yeah. God about this stuff. Yeah, yeah? and I think yeah. uh, we can do yeah. that after some after a little bit of break, and we can have some more chats on with that. So
1: sounds great.
0: Yeah. Okay. I will see you just in a. I will see you in a couple of minutes then. Okay. All right.
1: Thanks.
0: Okay. I think that went well so far.
1: All right, Jay. You're moving, man. (laughs) I'm
2: going to flow it, bro.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening so far, and I hope that you have enjoyed this as much as I did. And if this is something that you find beneficial, and if this reminds you of someone that you think would be blessed to listen as well, please do share it. Not only that they could be blessed by it, but it would also be helpful for this channel. And I will see you soon.